0: Josh Hasten here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the seventeenth of January, two thousand and twenty-two, the fifteenth of Shvat, five seven eight two. Happy Tu B'Shvat! Today on the Jewish calendar is a holiday, the New Year for Trees, and we're going to talk about that and what that means later on in the show today. Hope you are safe, hope you are well, and your part of the world. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with me, josh, at com, On Facebook, Joshua Haston, or Josh Haston, Israel Journalism. On Twitter, at Josh Haston, and on Instagram as well. So, the top story, of course, throughout the Jewish world, is this hostage situation we had on Shabbat, on the Sabbath, in Colleyville, Texas, near Dallas, where a Muslim gunman, now identified as a British national, went into a synagogue in the middle of Shabbat services and threatened those who were in the synagogue, demanding that the U.S. release from prison the terrorist Afia Siddiqui if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, known as the Lady of Al-Qaeda. So here you have a British Muslim in a synagogue in Texas holding the rabbi and several congregants hostage for over 10 hours. It is still unclear in terms of the exact details. What I read this morning is that one of the hostages war, uh were released several others escaped and then in a standoff with the SWAT team the terrorist was killed none of the hostages hurt thank god this at the congregation Beth Israel in the city of Colleyville there in Texas again the woman who the terrorist demanded be released. She was serving an 86-year-old prison sentence after being convicted in Manhattan in 2010 in charges that she sought to shoot U.S. military officers, Uh, a Pakistani woman who was educated in the United States. And this man went to bat for her, trying to get her released by taking a group of Jews in a synagogue Hostage. Now listen, listen to this from the Times of Israel. After she was convicted, she said this is a verdict coming from Israel, not from America. That's where the anger belongs. During her trial, she told her judge she didn't want Jews in the jury if they have a Zionist or Israeli background. That's who this person is, a true Jew hater. And the gunman there in Texas, also a true Jew hater, despite the fact that that the FBI and others unwilling to acknowledge, unwilling to recognize that this was not a random hostage taking. This individual deliberately went into a synagogue. And yet for some reason, people are not willing to admit that they're saying it had nothing to do with the Jewish community. Lav Harkov in today's Jerusalem Post, she says, the idea that any attack on a synagogue is not specifically related to the Jewish community is absurd enough. And she has an analysis here, as does does Seth Fransman in the Jerusalem Post. People are not willing to admit that this this was an act of anti-Semitism, that these That this terrorist went into a synagogue specifically because it was a synagogue he didn't go he didn't go into a a shopping mall uh he didn't go into a sporting event and demand the release of this terrorist he went into a synagogue and mainstream media uh, news outlets and unfortunately the fbi downplaying the fact that the target here were jews leave it to the new york times to report it wasn't clear why the hostages were taken at Congregation Beth Israel, a Reformed Synagogue in Colleyville, Texas. Not clear. To them, it's in the New York Times, they don't know why this terrorist went into a synagogue. It is mind-blowing that they can actually print something like this in good faith. And then you have this hateful anti-Semitic organization, the Council on American Islamic Relations. Of course, they send out a condemnation of the terror incident of the hostage situation, but this organization has been calling for the release of Siddiqui, saying that they believe she was imprisoned unjustly. They've been saying things like that in recent times this anti-Semitic organization, the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Recently, one of their leaders, the San Francisco Executive Director, Zahara bilu told attendees at a conference during a speech she gave in November to Know Your Enemies, speaking out against Zionists, encouraging Muslims not to collaborate, cooperate, or seek normal relations with mainstream Jewish organizations in the United States. That's who this organization is, the Council on American-Islamic Relations. So they can issue a phony condemnation, but yet they incited, they incited to violence, they incited to hate, and... Just like the Palestinian Authority and Hamas incite the violence here in Israel in this country, this organization inciting, and it isn't surprising, how someone could decide to go into a synagogue and hold hostages when this organization says we should not cooperate with, with the Jews, with the Zionists. Don't do it. Don't cooperate with them. They are the enemy. So this doesn't surprise me again that there is another uh terror incident at a synagogue it's as sad as it is in the United States we saw this of course with the tree of life synagogue in Pittsburgh we saw it in San Diego as well and in those incidents Jews were actually murdered and in this case thank god the t- uh, the hostages made it out now there's one other uh issue here and I and I think it has to be brought to the forefront and this is not uh, confirmed, this is not from an, an official in regard to that synagogue, and obviously it doesn't justify the fact, let's be 100% clear, that a terrorist went into a synagogue and took Jews hostage, okay? But you do have one Itamar Gelman, Gelbman, sorry, who posted on Facebook, and again, this is a private individual who made these comments. He said the following. He said, in the world of, quote, you can't make this stuff up, this is my old synagogue. Okay, referring referring to Congregation Beth Israel in the city of Colleyville He said, I left the synagogue due to a few issues. First, the rabbi called Israel an apartheid state against Islam. And... Again, and I haven't seen uh, the rabbi making those comments. I did see his name signed on some sort of declaration against Israel annexing Judea and Samaria. I saw his name on that document. I did not see proof uh, where the rabbi called Israel an apartheid state. This is a claim by a former member. Okay, let's be clear. And secondly, according to Itamar Gelman, he left the synagogue because the rabbi didn't allow his members, he writes here, including myself, to be armed during services. Now he is held hostage by a Muslim man with a gun. And I don't think Gelman is justifying the fact that a gunman came into a synagogue and took uh, members of the synagogue, his former congregants, there hostage he's not justifying that but he is pointing out the fact and this is not the first time i have heard in a jewish synagogue in america where the leadership the rabbi the board has decided we will not allow members of the congregation to carry firearms during services i know this for a fact this isn't the only if this is is if this is the case in this synagogue in texas I know for a fact, my own family members who were at a bar mitzvah in California recently in the last couple of years and were shocked, members of my family were shocked to enter a synagogue with the door wide open with no security. Uh, They were told that the rabbi said this will not be a a military base or a closed sealed off area. We're going to keep the door open no matter what. So when you have groups of woke Jews who don't, till this day, even with everything that's happened, who don't understand that there are raging anti-Semites out there, even in the U.S., with all of its freedoms, who are willing to go into a synagogue on the Sabbath and take hostages or shoot up a synagogue, these people just still don't get it. Again, unconfirmed, this is based on a, in this case, based on a former congregant there saying that his rabbi would not allow armed members of of his community into the synagogue. And I, again, I know this to be a fact in other places too, based on firsthand knowledge and firsthand experiences with my family, attending services in other communities. So If you are a Jew, if you are a Jew, if you are Jewish and you live in the United States, of course, if you live here in Israel, we understand it, unfortunately, all too well with terrorists going into synagogues and terrorists going into homes and murdering Jews because they are Jewish, because they are Jews. You need to wake up to this reality. From what I read, I understand that there were... Were some courses, the members of this congregation did take some courses or whatnot. And perhaps that assisted in their escape. And that helped the fact that none of them were injured. So if they did take some preparatory steps, good for them. But you have to wake up to the realities of this world. Where Muslims with guns are going into synagogues. And extremists, of course, on the other side as well. But in this case, a Muslim with a gun in a synagogue, it is not an acceptable reality. And we can't count on anyone else to protect us other than ourselves. Yes, a lot of condemnations on all levels, local, state, federal, whatnot in the U.S. against anti-Semitism. I mean, that's the right thing to do, right? To condemn these types of incidents. But the Jewish community needs to take responsibility for their security, either in the U.S., in Europe, and, of course, here in Israel. So that concludes uh, my comments on that terror incident. And again, I want to be 100% clear, does not justify, regardless what the views are of these Jews in this community or the rabbi, obviously does not justify what happened there. Because whether it was in the Holocaust or in other, many, many other anti-Semitic waves of hate against the Jews in different places around the world, they didn't single out Jews who were specifically religious or anti-religious, or Zionist, or anti-Zionist. It didn't matter. If you were Jewish, you were Jewish. Same thing goes in this case as well. Let's be clear about that. And turning here locally to Israel, speaking of anti-Jewish hate, the Jewish press reports that a synagogue in the southern Hebron Hills was torched over Shabbat, according to the Israel Fire and Rescue Service. I saw some of the images here in the community of Mitzpeh Ziv, near the Jewish community of Maleh Hever, that's in, that's in the southern Hebron hills, the synagogue was torched. All right, so here's a terror attack targeting a Jewish synagogue in the land of Israel. Clearly, arson, obviously, this was carried out by local Arabs uh, in the area, in the region, didn't make that much news here in Israel. Damage to holy books, furniture, including the Aaron Kodesh, the holy ark. Luckily, there were no Torah scrolls inside at the time. This is not the first time the synagogue has been attacked. Several other instances, instances where this synagogue was attacked, and local Arabs tried to burn down the synagogue. Police are now investigating this incident. At the same time, this is, you know, we're here on Tubeshvat, the New Year for Trees. You had an incident of agricultural terrorism over the weekend. Palestinian Authority Arabs uprooted 21 planted trees, as reported by the Jewish press. On Friday, the trees were planted by Jews living in the community of Efrat. That's in Gush Etzion, They put them up to protect the community's border. You have tremendous amount of illegal construction going on in the nearby villages, expanding all the way up to the borders of the community of Efrat, illegal construction, illegal planting. So on Friday, the Jews there decided they are going to plant trees themselves. And one of the local Arabs came over to them and said that the saplings wouldn't last the weekend. And sure enough, on Shabbat afternoon, Arabs uprooted all the trees planted by the Jews. However, on Thursday, Arab farmers planted a massive grove of hundreds of olive trees along the northern border of the Dagan neighborhood in Nefrat. Much of the planting took place secretly. And they're just right up against the town's northern border, essentially blocking any future development in the area. Again, in Area C, under Israeli control and IDF control, complete Israeli control. And um, this is land that does not have a private owner, and yet the Arabs are able to plant and the Jews plant, and then their saplings get uprooted. And where are the officials? Where is the civil administration? I don't know. Where is the government? I'm not exactly sure where the government is here. Where are the environmental groups? I mean, you're talking about the destruction of trees. Where are the environmental groups? Why aren't they saying anything? The so-called left-wing organizations who care so much about all peoples, why aren't they condemning the fact that local Arabs uprooted Jewish planted trees? No, no condemnations, not from the UN, not from the environmentalists or anyone else really. Maybe it's because we're talking about Judea and Samaria. And Jews in these areas are seen as second-class citizens. I-24 News reported yesterday that the United States envoy to Israel said on Friday that he never visited a so-called Israeli settlement in what he calls the West Bank and has no plans to do so in an effort to avoid inflaming tensions. When asked whether he would make such a visit in an interview with Ynet News, Ambassador Thomas Nide said, quote, I absolutely will not. Just like I ask both the Palestinians and Israelis not to take steps that inflame the situation. I don't want to do things intentionally that would create disrespect or anger among people, he continued. Well, I think it's disrespectful that the ambassador won't visit a certain group of Israelis, a certain group of Jews based on their geography. Niyad continued, he said, I'll make mistakes, I'll say things that will aggravate people, but I don't want to intentionally anger people. So angering people means Arabs, but he's okay angering Jews. He's okay discriminating against Jews because of where they live. And explaining his approach to, to the position, he said he has no ideology. No, He's Jewish, by the way. He has no ideology when it comes to Israel. Very, very sad if you're Jewish. And you don't have any type of ideology when it comes to Israel. That being said, wait a minute here. He went on to say, all I care about is that Israel will remain a strong democratic and Jewish state. He told Ynet News. But wait a second. It sounds like he does have some ideology here. So which one is it? Alas, uh, Nides noted that he continues to support a two-state solution, of course. He said, quote, a solution that U.S. President Biden, of course, supports, my support for the well-being of the Palestinian people, didn't mention Israelis here, all of this stems from the belief that Israel will be strengthened this way. I guess he did mention Israel there at the end, claiming somehow that creating a terror state in our heartland somehow strengthens the Jewish state. That is the thinking of the Biden administration. How do we strengthen Israel? We create a terror state in Israel's heartland in the highlands overlooking Ben-Gurion airport and 75% of the Israeli population centers down in the Tel Aviv, the greater Tel Aviv area. That's how you strengthen the Jewish state. You, you put up another state there, which will most likely be, if the Palestinian Authority is bad enough, but most likely will be taken over by Hamas. And that, of course, is the way to strengthen Israel, according to the Biden administration. Craziness, folks. We're living in crazy times here. We saw massive floods over the weekend here in Israel. It was raining like cats and dogs. Ynet News reported that many, many massive floods in several parts of the country on Sunday, significant damage to uh, some of Israel's less structurally sound areas. Floods all over the place, folks. I saw in samaria there were two people when this was there was more more than just this incident but there were two people rescued who were trapped in their vehicle in nachal and thank god they were okay suffering from mild hypothermia they got stuck in their car and water started pouring into their car they were in the middle of this of this stream which overflowed a lot of images yesterday of rescue crews saving lives really getting people out of harm's way from massive flooding, which took place over the weekend. Listen, we love rain here in Israel, but in this case, it was coming down way too fast and furious and did a lot of, uh, did a lot of damage to property and put, pe- put people's lives in danger. I mean, I hope it keeps raining here in Israel, but let's not, ha- let's not have another situation uh, for the rest of the winter where people are actually having to climb out of their cars and be rescued um, as a result of rain and storms here in Israel, let's have gishme Brachaz, they say, uh, blessed rain, and not rain which causes so much damage. JNS reports this originally was in Israel Hayom. Eight miniature satellites designed and created by Israeli students were launched into orbit on Thursday on board the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from NASA. Satellites were built by junior high schoolers of various backgrounds from across Israel as part of the TEVEL, meaning World and Strong in Hebrew, program in collaboration with the Israel Space Agency and the Science and Technology Ministry. Students spent three years on this project, and they gathered to watch the launch of the NASA rocket at 5.30 p.m. local time on Thursday control of the satellites which will be used to carry out various tasks will be possible from the communication stations in israel Altogether, the space x falcon 9 rocket launched more than 100 satellites from different countries into orbit so pretty cool here junior high schoolers in israel learning about space and actually launching eight miniature satellites into space very very cool um great stuff from these israeli youngsters now just finishing up today's show again today is a holiday the 15th of shvat new year for trees known as Tubishvat. and i'll just read you a little bit here about the holiday from the website Chabad.org. according to biblical law there is a seven-year agricultural cycle concluding with the sabbatical year by the way this actually is a sabbatical year here in israel when the holy temple stood in jerusalem on years 124 and 5 of the cycle farmers were required to separate a tenth of their produce, produce and eat it in jerusalem this tithe or tithe is a tithe or tithe is called ma'aser sheni the second tithe we'll go with tithe because it is in addition to the 10% which is given to the levites on the, I hope you're understanding this. On the third and sixth year of the cycle, again, it's a seven-year cycle. Instead of the owners eating this Maser Sheni in Jerusalem, they give this second tithe to the poor who are permitted to consume it wherever they wished. So you're talking about an agricultural seven-year cycle. And each year has its certain rules and standards in terms of what you're allowed to do with the produce. That's the bottom line. So you need to know um, when the year starts in terms of the produce. Is that produce which grows considered part of last year or this year? And when does that new year start? When is the date? That's today, the 15th of Shvat. It's the new year for trees. So that's how you're able to keep track of your agricultural products. And that's how you're able to know whether the product was, uh, whether it grew in the previous year or, or if the produce is considered to be part of the new year. So you have to have a new year for trees to determine. There has to be a date, and that is today, Tu Bishvat. And it's really, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of the beginning of the springtime, even though we're still in winter here. The trees are starting to flower now at this time, starting to blossom here. Um, just here, just to explain, our rabbis established that a fruit tree, which blossomed before the 15th of Shvat, is produce of the previous year. If it blossomed afterwards, it is the pro- produce of the new year. That's essentially, uh, that. that explains exactly what we're talking about here. And there's also, this is, I thought this was nice. Although this day is Rosh Hashanah, or the New Year for Trees, we attach special significance to this holiday because man is compared to the tree of the field. Through cultivating strong roots, faith, and commitment to God, we produce many fruits, the Torah and the commandments, the mitzvot. So it's customary to eat, partake of fruits of the Holy Land, Olives, dates, grapes, figs, pomegranates. People actually have, if you've heard of the Passover Seder, people actually have a Seder on Tu B'Shvat, as is the custom. This took place last night, where people eat fruits, which were grown here, produced here uh, in the land of Israel. That is customary. Uh, People get together and have celebrations. It is a beautiful holiday, the farmer's holiday, the agricultural holiday. New Year for Trees, that's what Tu is all about. And so, happy Tu to everyone who is celebrating today. Hope you are enjoying wherever you are in the world. Hope you were able to secure some of the fruits from the land of Israel. Um, amazing now, 70 plus years after the creation of the state, after 2,000 years in exile, the Jews are back in the land of Israel, and the land is once again producing some of the finest fruit and produce that you can find anywhere in the world it truly is a land of milk and honey and we're seeing it now in our days thank god anyway that's going to do it for today's show my name is josh Haston. this has been another edition of israel uncensored on the land of israel network at thelandofisrael.com land of for tubishvat tubishvat 5782 monday the 17th of january 2022 hope you are well hope you are safe and healthy In your part of the world Get in touch with me during the week Josh at thelandofisrael.com On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter As well Big shout out to Ben Bresky, Engineer extraordinaire Tabitha Epstein For everything she does behind the scenes Here at the Land of Israel Everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours Be safe Have a great week everyone Coming to you I don't think I even mentioned this Coming to you this morning From the holy city of Jerusalem Jerusalem Just outside the walls of the Old City here in Jerusalem, Israel's eternal capital, the eternal capital of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe. Enhance your faith, deepen your understanding, align your destiny with the Land of Israel. Every Sunday, the Land of Israel Fellowship features a live interactive Zoom session hosted by Jeremy Gimpel. That's the Land of Israel Fellowship. Bringing the Torah from Judea to the world. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.